Hey, this is Tim McGregor, and I'm the pastor of LOH Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. For those of you who are with us for the first time, we're in a study of the book of Ephesians, and actually we've done two other volumes uh, on Ephesians. This is volume three called Rags to Riches, and I want to title this message today, Love So Deep. Last week we looked at the love of the Father, and the next time we get into the the message of Ephesians, we're going to look at the, the, the liberation of the Son of God in our lives. I love those songs today. And I am, I tell you, I, I never want to get used to uh, the talent, the, 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 the heart that comes from these young men and women on our stage uh, leading us uh, to the throne of God in worship. All about it, all about it. I'm just so appreciative of that. And I loved that first song in case anybody wonders. I loved it. Don't mess with it. That was good. And I hope we put that in rotation, right? Love so deep. We're going to talk about the love of God. Heaven is always ready to shine the light on us. Always. John said the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Do you hear that? Cannot. It's what the world needs. It's what you need. It's what I need. I need, you need, the love of God. I need to not only talk about it, not only be able to understand it biblically, but I'll tell you what we need even more than that. We need to experience it. I'm going to, which side of the room's awake? (laughs) Bobby's always awake. Let me say it again in case you missed it. You were setting your fantasy line up. We need to experience the love of God. Yeah. Experience it. Paul describes his heart for ministry in the book of Ephesians. And he says that, uh, well, if you look at him, you kind of understand what he was trying to do. Paul is trying to proclaim the message, but in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit anointing that lightens the Word of God. It it brings the Word of God, which is light, to life in us and and before our eyes. And to narrow his focus in a phrase or so, he said that he was called by God to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. What a a word uh, frame. The unsearchable riches of Christ and to make them known. And when you see the heart of Paul being unpacked before you in the letter to the Ephesian church and through them to all the church, he gets to the third chapter and he's like a priest in the Old Testament that would go into the holy place and light the candle to shine on the table of bread so you could eat the bread and then go from what you get from the bread to the altar of incense and the, the fragrant incense would go up before God. And in, in the third chapter, Paul, as a new covenant priest, is praying this prayer and he prays it continually that the Ephesians 3 experience of not only knowing in your head the doctrine of the love of Christ, but experience in your life what can't even be put into words though we try. I want to pray today that God puts a new imprint of his love in your soul and in my soul. I don't want to pass out the bread and not take a bite myself. My job is to every week ask the Lord to use me to make another deeper impression in your spirit and energize your feet to take steps of faith in your life which might be similar to somebody else's life, but actually you have your own walk with God and the the Lord is interested in the corporate, but also in every individual in this room, uh, hearing him, 
being guided by him, having an impression by him, and taking steps of faith. As one great pastor uh, said to me one day, he said, God wants to press the keys of the kingdom in every person's hand that sits in your church on Sunday morning. And that's what my hope is. Um, there are two types of people in the world, only two. Those, if you're a biblical paradigm person, there's only two kinds of people in the world. Those who are in Christ and those who aren't. It, seriously. There are only two types of people in the world. Those who are saved and those who are lost. There are only two kinds of people in the world. Those who are in the light and those who are in darkness. And people who are in darkness, of which I was one, always underestimate the impact of the darkness they're in. And in our world today, people are calling darkness enlightenment. My friends here today, in Christ, we're in the goodness of God. We're in the eulogetos. We're in the words speak. We're in the good words to us that have life-changing power in the spirit of them that lifts us into high places at the right hand of God with Jesus, his son. If I'm not, I'm in sin. I'm separated, according to the word, I'm separated from the life of God because of the ignorance in me. I'm in sin, I'm in darkness, I'm separated from God, I am a child of wrath, according to the scriptures. There are only two types of people in the world. But if we study Ephesians 1 through 3, we find that God's grand plan for the whole world is to save them. He wants to reveal his heart to those in darkness, to those in sin, to those who are not in Christ, and he wants to continue to give his heart to those who are in Christ. He is speaking to those who are believing and those who are not believing. He wants to reveal to those who don't know him who he is. I was riding my grandson home uh, Friday afternoon and we were singing some Christian songs that on, on the playlist that I made. And one of those songs talked about the love of God and, and Graham was singing, I was singing and he stopped and he said, Pacha, where is God is? Where is God? And it was after I told him, Graham, do you know there are other little kids that don't know about God? I said, do you know there are other little kids who don't know how much God loves them? And he goes, Pacha, where, where is God is? And we talked a little bit about that. God wants our light to shine in such a way that people know where God is. And he wants us to believe the riches. Because as we believe the riches, we become what we believe. Loved by the Father. Loaded with kindness. Liberated in his Son. Lifted by the Spirit and led into good works which we find that we were born for them. In the divine surprise of walking in the Spirit with Jesus. He wants us to reach those outside. And today in this message we're going to see why. The reason why God did what he did and does what he does, the reason why he wants the church to respond in like kind is because of covenant loyalty between the triune Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit, and the covenant loyalty that is to inject our spirit with Zoe, with the life and love of God, and in that injection, in the impartation, in the abiding uh, of it, the covenant loyalty it, it can't be contained within us either. And we want to give it back out as his representative bride and as the army of God. We don't fight people. We fight the demonic entities that block people from knowing what we know. We are the bride and we're the army and we're the family of God on the earth. Living in his deep love or that is at least God's intention. So we're going to talk about this love so deep today. 
And so let's get in it. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 is where we're going to look today, verses 16 to 19. Um, and this deep love, where is it? It is in Christ. It is of Christ. And as a believer, it is in us. But, the, but that's an exclamation mark I placed there and then purposely also put a question mark there. Because it's in us, but is it in us? Someone said to somebody before, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. But what we just sang about can be a song or it can be a song in the heart in us. And this is why Paul prayed this prayer. These words are a part of a prayer that he is praying for. Now ready? Those who are already in Christ. Already in Christ. And listen, more than that, already have the Holy Spirit in them. Already. The Holy Spirit is in these people. And Paul says, knowing that, I pray for you this, that he, God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner self. You have an inner self, I have an inner self. And if I'm born again, it's alive. But the person of the spirit in me, Paul prays that the spirit who's in me will strengthen my inner spirit. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. In other words, the Jesus that's in you you would know Jesus is in you. And that you being rooted and grounded in this love may be able to comprehend or grasp with your mind with all the saints what is the width and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, look at this, which surpasses knowledge. Know something you can't know. And when you know something you can't know, specifically the love of Christ, you will be filled to all the fullness of God. Now he's writing to people that if they drop dead on the spot, they'd go straight to heaven. He's writing to people that have their sins already forgiven. He's writing to people that are chosen, predestined by God to be led in good works. And he's saying to them, I pray for you that you would be strengthened, that the spirit in you would energize your spirit, that the love you know, you'd know, and the fullness of God in you, you'd know the fullness of God in you. Do you get it? The deep love of God, where is it located? As I said last week, if God just announced for his own reason, hey, you, you in the Tri-County area, if you get in your car and drive to 11507, that's here, Moss Avenue, just for going to the place that I speak you to, to you to go to because of my voice and for faith in my voice, you go there and you will be in all the riches that I grant people by my own choice. Well, there isn't a place we go to, but there's a person we go to and that location is two words, in Christ. In Christ dwells all the blessings of God. And you can be in Christ and be in the blessings, but not be experiencing them because they're also of Christ. They're generated by the living relationship we have that's beyond doctrinal agreement with sincere faith in the doctrine. It's an experiential experience. You're married. Have you ever woken up in the morning and you thought, yeah, I don't feel married today. <laughs> Have you ever, did you ever wake up and feel like, I don't feel saved today. Did you ever wake up and feel like, I feel way less than saved today. Is that just me? So you depend on the word. But how many of you go through times you go, I feel married. <laughs> I feel saved today. 
There's a location. And in the location is the genesis power, is the energy, is the life-producing experiences. That's what of Christ means. There is no other source and no other location in all of existence to experience the love of God, but in Christ. Not your own spirituality construction plan. Not, well, you know what? I don't need Jesus. I'm just going to find myself a nice kind of tea and a nice kind of spiritual candle and I'm going to light my candle and get into my chi and I don't even need Jesus. I'm going to love me, love me, love, love, love. Well, there, you might experience something, but you won't experience all the fullness of God because all the fullness of God is only in Christ. And all the fullness of God that strengthens your inner being to be rooted and grounded and grasp what no man can grasp, the height, the depth, the length, and the width of it, is of Christ. Yeah, that's right. So what makes this love so deep? I wanna talk to you about three things quickly. What make, if you take this passage apart, Ephesians 3, 16 to 19, what makes this love so deep? First of all, it's described this way. Here's why it's so deep. Because it's beyond comprehension, but not experience. In other words, you might not be able to grasp it, but it can grasp you. It's beyond comprehension. How do you explain the love of God? We try, we are called to, with words and deeds, but it's beyond explanation. It's beyond comprehension, but it's not beyond experience. And that experience of the love of God is amazing. The human mind can't grasp it. But the Spirit of God inside my spirit, Solomon said, the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Candle. And so the candle is to be lit by the Spirit of God in my spirit. Lights my candle. And you know how good God is? If your candle light is dimming, the Bible says he won't snuff it out. He will fan it into flame. He will fan it into flame. You ever said to anybody, you're messing with my vibe? Right? Well, God sees our vibe and he says, I'm not coming to mess with your vibe. I'm coming to enhance your vibe. Let me talk to you about the deep love of God. Luke's favorite word in the gospel to describe the ministry of Jesus was the word amazing. It's great to read through the stories and the miracles and the sayings of Jesus. And time after time after time, Luke goes, and the people were amazed. And there's only one time that it says Jesus. Two times. I'm sorry. Two times. There are only two times in Luke's gospel where it says Jesus was amazed. One of them was when a Roman, not a Jewish man, a Roman centurion, says to Jesus, my servant is sick and he's not here and you don't even need to go where he is. You just speak your words and my servant will be, a, will be healed. And Jesus said, I've never found this kind of faith even in all of Israel. And Jesus was amazed. And then there's another time when he goes to his home church, his home church, and he goes to preach and it says he could not do any miracles because of their unbelief and Jesus was amazed. Jesus can be amazed at the doubt of his church. Amazed. I don't want to amaze him like that. I don't want him to see my double-mindedness and go, Tim, you amaze me. I want him to see me walking on the water, even if I don't have permission. And he goes, I didn't tell you to do that, but your faith amazes me. It's the deep love of God that's beyond comprehension, but it's not beyond experience. You might not be able to grasp it in your head, but God, while you're trying to grasp 
the knowledge will grasp you with his love. And we can, we can be amazed by it. What makes this love so deep? There's another reason. It's beyond human's potential. A human does not have the potential to generate from themselves based on willpower or Bible knowledge, candles, or even essential oils. There is no experiencing God essential oil. Imagine if you invented that, how rich you'd be. Pull the truck up, right? No, it's beyond our potential. So we need an impartation. And Paul is praying this. Paul knows for those who have the spirit in them, who are positioned in Christ and riches, he says, I've got to get down like the priest and I've got to light the lamp and I've got to preach in a way that the Holy Spirit can light the word on you in your heart so you can have an imprint. You can have an impacting moment that will move you, that will impart to you the impartation of the Spirit of God ongoing in a believer's life who has the Spirit of God is life-changing. God doesn't just want to change my life. He wants to change my life. The wheel's on fire. The wheel's on fire. The wheel within the wheel that Ezekiel saw was blazing. And the man of God on the, on the, on the top of, the, of, the, of the, uh, the, the throne, the son of man, was a fire from his head to his feet. Not only in Christ by faith, but of Christ. And the Holy Spirit who was within us, Jesus said, Jesus said, that the Holy Spirit would be not just a well, but he'd be a, like an artesian well, which has the ability in and of itself to bubble up and spring up of itself on the inside of us, a life-changing, life-giving motor of love that never shuts down as long as the Spirit in communion with you and I can continue to impart the love of God. That's why Paul said, I continue to pray. I continue to pray. It reminds me of words A.W. Tozer said in one of his books. It's, it says, it would help us if we could remember that the Holy Spirit is God himself. The very nature of the Godhead in form that can impart to our consciousness is on the inside of us. Hey, I want to ask you a favor. I can't read your mind. So would you help me out? While I'm preaching this kind of stuff, if you're tracking with me from time to time, will you just kind of do a something like power to the people, something, something, something? Yeah, yeah, more. I'll pay you for it, more. Any? <laughs> Because that might say I'm tracking with you, but I can't read that. Come on. Well, there's you. Well, there's Roberta. She's at the right hand of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the light upon the face of Christ that helps us to be able to see him. The Holy Spirit... Ollie just texted me right in the middle of my sermon. <laughs> and he did that. He's <laughs> my bro. We have the same father. It's his light that lights the scriptures. God wants us to go into the deep love of God. Here's a, here's a third one. The third one is this deep love of God. Here's, here, wait, here we go now. Here we go. I said all that to really go in. You want to go in now? All right. It's the bond between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They have an unbreakable bond. 
of this deep love, but it's not, it doesn't block us from it. You ever been around people that they're, 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 you're single and they're married or they're, they're, they're on their way to being married and they invite you to go with them and, and, you, and, 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 and they want you there and they really want you to be there and, uh, but you feel like the third wheel, right? You feel like the third wheel? Well, the Trinity has three in an unbreakable bond, but they're not saying us three and that's it. They're saying, come on in. They're saying to everybody, the Spirit says, come. And the bride's supposed to say, come. Yeah, it's, there's this, this deep love of God is this bond between Father, Son, and Spirit, but we're not blocked from it. We are promised it. We are promised it. What kind of love are we promised? The same love that the Father has for Jesus. The same love that Jesus has for the Father. The same love the Spirit has for all is promised us. Listen to what Jesus said. If you keep my word, I will love you. My Father will love you. And we will come and make our home in you. That's what Paul called in the beloved. In the beloved. This is words. It's a love so deep. And the way, I love Paul's heart. There is not one point of grammar. There's not one punctuation mark from Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 to 19. It's just one sentence. He doesn't have time to put a comma. He doesn't have time to put a period. How do you put a period on the flow of unbreakable love that's exploding from God? You don't go, hold on, hold on, hold on. He just lets her out there. I mean, Grammarly would have a mind blow up. I, I, have, I, have, I have posted some of Paul's words in my, in my manuscript and then let Grammarly run through it. And this is going, like going whoa, whoa. Grammarly needs to get saved. When you look, when you look at the, when you look at the, the, the praises of Paul's phrases in Ephesians 1, I can't get past it. Look at this one. He's just, he's just listed the riches of God in Christ for anybody. And then he praises God with these phrases. I love these phrases. The Hindus have mantras. That, well, this one's mine. According to the kind intention of his will. That's a phrase. Listen, according, the kind, listen, the kind intention of his will. All right. That's a phrase. To the praise of his glorious grace. That's a phrase. Which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. All the riches mentioned prior to that and after that. They all come and he explains the reason in the praises of these phrases. The kind intention of God's will. So. He starts out the letter and he says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then he goes into the riches that we have been made holy and without blame before him. In love, he has chosen us to be his own in Christ, according to the kind intention of his will. In Christ, he has redeemed us by his blood and he has forgiven us of all of our sins according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us in Christ. Amen. And he chose us in him and ordained us, destined us to live a life for the praise of his glory. And it's been all based on, he wanted to. He wanted to. It's who he is. And he's created these phrases to
to proclaim his praises. And here's where I want to get practical. I know we're in the clouds, but I want to come down and walk on the concrete with you for a minute and just say this. When, and I know, when we take these phrases and we make them our praises, we'll experience what we know in our head. When we take these phrases and make them our praises, we will experience the fullness of joy. Over the past year, as I've been studying Ephesians, I've got a friend that wakes me, well, I'm already awake, but at 5.30, my friend Alexa, she says, good morning, Tim. It's time to meditate. And what I do is, I'll tell you what I do. I mind these riches. And I mouth these riches every morning at 5.30. And while I'm minding them, and I'm mouthing them, the image I have in my mind is of the father embracing the prodigal who's come home, who has put a robe on him and a ring on him and shoes on him and is saying, strike up the band, we're gonna feast today. And I have that mental imagery that is biblical and I mind it and I mouth it and I make it my own and here's what else I do. I make it your own. Because what I've found is, is when you have a mindset that the, the people in your church family are as rich as you are in Christ, when you have that mindset about them, when the enemy and some of our friends, who needs enemies when some of the, <laughs> when you're minding the riches not only over yourself, but over others, the bond of communion becomes real, not forced, not obligatory. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? I'll ask you one more time. You mind it. You mouth it. We're always minding something and we're always mouthing something. This isn't something we have to really get good at. We just flip the switch, change the channel, change the subject. I am holy and blameless in his eyes because of Jesus. I'm redeemed by his blood and the forgiveness, the level of forgiveness in my life, all of my sins is based on the, the riches of his mercy and it's, and it's lavished on me. And it, is he reluctantly about it? No, 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 no. I say this out loud. No, it's based on the kind intention of his will. You talk about mental health. You talk about mental health. You talk about mental help. Mind your riches. Pray that the Spirit of God in you, with your spirit, will ignite that. So you experience the love of God. The depth of this love is based on this word kindness. I want to drill deep in this word kindness. Uh, when, when, when we think of kindness today, I don't know about you, I think of nice, cheerful, because it is. I think of courtesy, it is. Kindness. Have you seen any sign around the, anywhere you go that says be kind? That's, that's hey, that works for me. Better than be hateful. <laughs> be a jerk today. No. <laughs> Be an absolute moron. No, be kind. That works. Have you know any some people that need that like on their windshield or their car? In days I do as well. This depth of kindness is deeper than that, though. Although the, those are the contemporary, almost exhaustive words to describe the word kindness. Oh man, let me tell you what kindness is from a biblical perspective. Kindness is the heart behind every act from Genesis to Revelation by God. Well then, if God's so kind, why did he? Exactly. Because he's kind. Wait a minute. That messes with my imagery that kindness is Mrs. Brady on the Brady Bunch. That's kindness. Isn't every pastor supposed to be like that? Just 
that? Susie Cupcake? Is that kindness? No. Every act of God from Genesis to Revelation comes from the heart of this word kindness. And the reason why we don't get that is because we've redefined not only that word, but a lot of words. We don't change the meaning of words in the Bible. We change when we find out the meaning of words in the Bible. Kindness. The Old Testament, when you read the Old Testament, you see words like loving kindness, tender mercy, loyalty, all, these, all this imagery. It's all from this theme. The deepest sacred theme in the Old Testament and the New comes from our word, this word kindness, but the Hebrew word is the word hesed. Hesed. Hesed is this word that talks about the sacred bond of loyalty and blood between God and Abraham, God and Noah, God and Adam's sons of faith, God and Joseph, God and David, God and Israel, even when they were acting nuts. It's this bond. It's this sacred idea of loyalty that even after David committed adultery and conspired and was successful, conspired to murder somebody and was successful and the, and the prophet of God called him out on it and he got right before God, he appealed to God on the basis of hesed, on the basis of this deep blood bond. It's deeper than being nice. As a matter of fact, even the judgments of God that he executed on people and nations came from this word. The explanation of why God drowned the Egyptian army is this word hesed. Not to them, but to Abraham. It's deeper than a cupcake. The kind intention of his will has a more sacred, even sobering thematic to it than we would understand. Hesed is the glory of the grace of the triune God unfolding redemption story from Genesis to Revelation 22. Hesed defines the depths of the riches of grace and why they can be given. We can understand what this kind of kindness is by telling you what kindness is not. Kindness is not tolerating evil or opening the gate into the kingdom of God wider so that those with sinful intentions with no desire to repent can be graced. That's evil. That's Babylon. That's the mark of the beast. That is the false prophet that looks like a lamb but speaks like a dragon and only those that are deeply embedded in Hesed who carry a cross can recognize dragon speak coming from a kind image. It's demonic. In the church sadly in many parts is wide open to it because there's a need when you're out of fellowship in the beloved you have a need to be accepted by the cool kids in the class from here to there Paul says that grace kindness teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly lust that's Titus chapter 1, 2, and 3. And Jude, Jesus' earthly brother, who didn't believe his brother was the son of God until he rose from the dead and said, told you so. There's not a verse for there, but that, that's basically what happened. And Jude is writing in these 26 verses that no one preaches from. I was going to write to you about our common salvation, but I was moved by the Spirit under an alarm because there are those who are secretly creeping into the family of faith 
and introducing destructive teachings. What kind of teachings? Destructing. Namely, turning the grace of God into a license for immorality. Kindness is not tolerating evil or opening a wider space to sinful intentions from the world. Grace does not allow us to do it. Kindness is deeper. It is a family blood loyalty. When kindness in God's community is fully understood, it's profound. It, call, it calls for courage and confrontation if necessary. But always in love. I want to show it to you in Luke. Luke, who is the traveling companion. Are you getting anything out of this? Luke is the traveling companion of Paul. And when Paul's in prison, Luke goes back and, and gets firsthand information from, the, from those who've walked with Jesus and were faithful to the word. And he's hearing this story about Zechariah, who is John the Baptist's father. And when John the Baptist is born, he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he, and he describes Hesed. Watch this, it's so beautiful. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. So your mind is triggered as you're an Israeli, as you're a Jew, to all the redemptive story unfolding. Praise be to him. Right? Why? Because he's come. That's what Hesed does. Hesed moves to visit. Hesed brings himself to us. When he meets Moses in the burning bush, he says, I've heard the groanings and I've come down. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. I've heard the groanings and I've come down. Because he's come to his people and redeemed them. Jesus hasn't even been born yet. But when God speaks through the prophets and John is born, the Holy Ghost is saying, it's over for the devil. <laughs> when the Allied forces hit the beaches of Normandy, that was called D-Day. Now there was a lot of stuff that went from D-Day to V-Day. V-Day was Victory Day. But listen, when they hit those beaches in France, it was over for Hitler. I said it was over. When Jesus came into this world and when he died on that cross, it was over for the devil. Over. Hesed was behind all that. Hesed is the proof that God's loyalty must fulfill his word. It says, as he said, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Hesed, kindness, is even beyond that. I love this. It's a relational rescue operation that will even include violent methodology in its actions to requ required, if need be, to rescue the object of, the of his love. That's why he gave Pharaoh 10 chances. 10. Even let Pharaoh pick the day. You decide. I'm going to send gnats off through this country. I'm going to send darkness so dark that, it, that you, it'll grip you. But you decide when. And at the end of it, he said, I have brought you into this world to show my power. I could have destroyed you at first, and I've put up with you, and I've gave you chances you never deserved. I gave you 10. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my people because I'll wreck the whole world to save what I love. And let me tell you why he did it. Let me tell you why he did it. Mrs. Brady. He did it because he's kind. That's what kindness is. In Isaiah 43, he'll shock the modern day world. 
He says, I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom. Cush, Siba, in your place. Why? You're precious in my sight. Since you're honored and I love you, I will give, come on, sorry. I'll give other men in your place. Other peoples in exchange for your life. I'm sorry. But this isn't the devil's world. And it's not the pagan's world. This is God's world. In the earth, the face of the earth, he made that face. He, he created that. He, he has a loyal bond with the earth and creation and the birds and his son and Abraham. He doesn't have a loyal bond with people following Lucifer. Look at Hesed. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. He takes us out of the devil's hand. He takes us out of the environs of the destructive forces that have bound us and puts us in a safe place. Why? To show mercy to our ancestors. Remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our fathers, Abraham, to do what? To rescue us. Now you think, well, that's the Old Testament, the New Testament. See, what, what Jesus did on the cross was a violent act, not against us. Those who violently put him there. He was violently crushing the demonic entities that animated the people that put him there. So they could be free. That's kindness. That's hesed. Well, stay with me on that. You got a couple minutes. Just a couple. Luke 177, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. I'm going to keep moving because I got to get to something. Let's go to the next one real fast. Bam, bam. Okay, let's go to the next one after that. No. We can know the depth of his love. I mean, come on. We can know the depth of his love. We can know the experience of this forgiveness. Lavished in, the, in Ephesians 1.7. Lavished. It's a word that means downpour. It's like... The, the, the forgiveness of God, Paul is saying, God wants the forgiveness he has for you to be so real. It'd be like you going out in a gully washing rainstorm and, and it's impossible for you to not get wet. Right? It's impossible for you to not get wet. This level of forgiveness, it's impossible for you to not feel it when the spirit lights your spirit. All right, next one. This love is so deep, it's revealed in the price. And here's where I want to end. Are we there? Let's go. Keep beam, bam, boom. That, let's go next. Keep going. Keep going. There you go. Thank you. Worship. Comes from revelation. If worship is cold, our revelation is cold. If worship is cold, Hesed has become a word. Easy believism has no place. This price that he paid, Jesus. We were all in league with a maniacal entity who had committed high treason against God. And we were in league with him, whether we know it or not. Paul says it in Ephesians 2. We weren't just stumbling through life. Listen, we were sleeping with the enemy. But because of his love, that's so deep. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Holy Spirit of God, please touch this people. Father, if you're willing, 
take this cup from me. Here's Hesed. Here's the bond between father and son. Yet, because Hesed isn't self. Self-absorbed. Yet, I'm going to explain this. Not my will, but yours be done. That's Hesed. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, we don't even know what this is. It's not just fear of being having spikes in you and crucified and dying a natural death. It's not that. Because other people have had that. This is deeper than that. This is something that only the prince of heaven and the king know. This is something that if we saw what was going on behind the curtain would be so terrifying, so horrific. It, we, we wouldn't be able to live. It would kill us dead. We wouldn't be able to even grasp it. He, he knows what cup this is. This isn't just a cup of bleeding and dying and being beaten by men. This is taking into his being all the toxicity of every vile thing that's ever been committed since Adam into himself. And he sweats drops of blood falling to the ground. This sacred bond that he had with his father was so dear to him. His father was so dear to him that he knew that his father's, this is, I, this is where it's incomprehensible. Words can't describe it and I'm going to try. His father's heart for us, for them at the foot of the cross, the jeerers, his father's heart was to bring them to his heart. And Jesus loved his father so much. He wanted the father's heart to be filled with the pleasure, the kind intention of his will was to bring them to him. So he said, I will drink the cup. He suffered this gut-wrenching moment knowing what the path would be. So he wanted what would please the Father, but even more, even more, the, the, the chesed, the kindness, the sacred, deep love of God. C.S. Lewis in the, war, in the wardrobe uh, story, uh, where Aslan the, the lion describes it as deep magic. It's the, 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 uh, the, the white witch knew about the deep magic, but she didn't know about the deeper magic. The deeper magic. The deeper magic. In the deeper magic, he wanted, he didn't only want to please his father, Jesus wanted us too. Charles Wesley wrote it like this. He left his father's throne above so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of everything but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all immense and free for, oh my God, it found out me. Next verse. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Let me tell you something about the deep love of God. As the spikes are driven into the shin bones of his legs, crossed, as they hit this, the, the, the position of the hand that fires the nerves through his being. As the grape of the wine press is crushed 
out of the abundance of that experience, Jesus' heart comes forth in a voice that explains Hesed. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. We're not even anywhere close to Ephesians 4 where it talks about loving one another in the body of Christ. But when Paul says forgive others just like Jesus forgave you, it's not a la-di-da-di-da bumper sticker. It's this. He's He's appealing to this. When he asks you in Romans 12 for everything you have, he appeals on the basis of hesed. Not your budget. Not your budget. Not your calendar. Not your time. In view of the mercy of God, offer your whole life as a living sacrifice. That is worship to God. That's in the Bible. That's not charismatic worship. That's not Tulsa worship. That's not name it, claim it, Jesus junk worship. That's Hesed. That's what Paul's praying, that the Spirit will press into you and me. Do you know, I honest to God believe that the Ephesian church, do you know the letter to the Ephesians is not actually in the Greek titled to the Ephesians? It's just a letter. Scholars have wondered what it's to. In Colossians, it says, read the letter that I wrote to the Laodiceans. Well, we know in the New Testament there's none. My theory is this is the Laodicean letter. Do you know what happens to them, by the way? Do you know what happens to them? They fall out of love. They are lukewarm. They lose Hesed. And Jesus said, I want to spit you out of my mouth. You are completely off in your manifestation and your confession and your expression of me. And I'm outside of your church. And I'm not calling, this is an invitation to the church. I'm at your door. Maybe Paul saw that coming. And maybe that's why he wrote the last words to that church. May those who love Jesus with an undying love be blessed. Would you stand, please? Let's go to the last slide, guys. Charles Wesley. This, 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 this hymn was, was written in the 1700s was the, uh, the alma mater of my university, Southeastern University, Amazing Love. Actually, the title was called, And Can It Be That I Should Gain? They, they titled songs. <laughs> I don't know if that would have sold on Caleb, but. <laughs> and, and can it be that I should gain? And there are so many lines in that song. I'll, I'll read one to you. I'll read before this one. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin in nature's night. Thine eye diffused a a quickening ray. I woke the danger, the dungeon, I'm sorry. Take two. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin in nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. And these words, amazing love. I pray that in my failed attempt to convey to you the unsearchable riches of Christ. Then in the next few minutes, a couple things would happen. That yokes of guilt and shame and self-absorption that have come into many of our lives like a snowball that started rolling down the hill and now it's so big 
that to, that to get to the devoted heart of Hesed in your life that God birthed there would take an absolute powerful sunlight meltdown. And I'm praying that the light melts it down today for all of us. He doesn't shame us. As a matter of fact, even to the Laodiceans, he said, if you'll just open the door, I'll come in, I'll sit down with you, and we'll fellowship like we did at first. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the generations. And for those who've been around the cross and you've heard about the cross and you know the things to do and what to do when you're in a church, but you're not in Christ. There are people that are going to die in a church and die separated from God for all of eternity because they weren't in Christ. I've seen people that were Sunday school teachers back in the day come to an altar call to receive Christ and they had been teaching Sunday school and they didn't know Jesus. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would not allow any person to go one more day, one more moment, wandering far away from God. That they, that they would admit, would agree with God, accept His truth. And ask Jesus to save them. Lord, in this room and those watching and those listening, I pray that you'd move by the power of the Holy Spirit, just as Nathan the prophet spoke right like a dagger, right like an arrow into the heart of David, not to kill him, but to resurrect his life. I pray that you would spear that heart and say, you're the woman. You're the man. God is calling you. It's time to turn from your sin flee from this perverted generation. Save yourself from this wicked generation and come to Christ and he will forgive you of your sins and send times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. And I pray that if that's you, you would pray a prayer just like this. Jesus, I believe you're the savior of the world and you're the savior of my soul. I believe that you died for my sins you were buried to bury my past and my life of sin and you were raised up so I could walk in newness of life. I call you Lord. I confess that you're Lord and I ask you to save me right now on the spot in the name of Jesus. If you pray that prayer, Lord, I pray the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit would come upon every person that truly and sincerely from the least to the greatest reached out to you. Show them that you're God by giving them the experience of forgiveness of sins and write the living law upon their heart where they know you're their God and they're your people. I pray it in the name of Jesus over you. And I pray right now for an experience for every believer, for whatever. The Lord just told me this last night, Tim, after you're done, I want you to do one thing. Pray yokes off people. I want to break yokes off people. I want to break yokes off people. I want to, listen, there are people that have been carrying guilt, bondage. You don't have one free minute of peace in your mind, even when you're worshiping God. That's not the way God wants it to be. And he's not shaming you. He's come to break that yoke off your life. Father, all over this room, hey, look to him right now. Look to him right now. We're going to pray this and then we're going to pray this prayer of deliverance. And then the altars are open and they're going to sing. I would encourage you, whether, whatever is easiest for you to do, to make a space for grace. Let his love overwhelm you today. Father, I just thank you right now that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is flowing from front to back and from those that are listening, those who are watching, those who will listen in the divine moment and time ordained by you, that grace is flowing to them, liberation is flowing to them, forgiveness is flowing to them, breakthroughs are flowing to them. You're breaking all kinds of yokes of shame and guilt and lies of the devil 
and, 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 and deep embedded, deeply embedded things that have crushed hearts and spirits and relationships and you're resurrecting those things simply because of the sacred bond that you have. You want to honor the death of your son and the resurrection and you're just looking for anybody that would say, Jesus, remember me. You're on the side of the road and Jesus has even seemed to pass you by. You need to raise your voice and get him to stop. You need to raise your voice and get him to turn around and say, who is that? Who just touched me? Let heaven feel your touch. Let heaven hear your voice. God longs to hear your voice. Call on the name of Jesus Christ, church. God longs to hear your voice. Call on the name of Jesus Christ. God wants to hear the bride say, I want my lover in my life and in my church and in my home. In the name of Jesus, fire fill this room. Liberated power fill this room. May the glory of God liberate you and break every chain off your life for the glory of the one who died on that cross. Wow. We just chased the devil 30 miles away. So listen. If you don't respond, it's not the devil's fault. He's gone. You logetos to you. You logetos from God to you. Every spiritual blessing until you're filled with all the fullness of God for you, for you, in Jesus' name. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.